Section two of the Sainted Queens. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Sainted Queens by Unknown Saint Margaret of Scotland. Chapter two. Saint Edward invites the Princess Margaret and her family to England. At the conquest, they retire from England and are driven by a storm into Scotland where the princess margaret is married to king malcolm the third as time went on and st edward felt himself growing old without a child to whom he could transmit his crown he resolved to invite his nephew edward to come with his family to england probably intending to receive him and entertain him as the future heir of the kingdom the bishop of worcester carried this invitation into hungary and the younger edward acceded without difficulty to the wishes of his uncle margaret must have been about ten or eleven years old when her father returned with all his family to his native land he did not long survive the change and thus his only son edgar the etheling became the heir presumptive of st edward now it seemed as if fortune were at last about to favour our young princess she was now more nearly in the position to which her royal descent entitled her she seemed destined at no remote day to become the sister of the reigning monarch with the bright future incident to her position opening before her in other respects too she had lost nothing by her change of residence from hungary to england she had left the court of st stephen only to enter the court of st edward in which the bright example of the beautiful queen edith was only surpassed by the life of her holy husband the company of saints does not always indeed make saints but where the disposition toward what was good was so decided as in the case of young margaret the society first of her uncle stephen and next of her grand-uncle edward must have powerfully assisted the tendency of her own mind to the practice of perfection during his early days of adversity st edward had made a vow of pilgrimage to rome afterwards when he proposed to redeem his pledge his counsellors strongly opposed it representing to him the extreme danger of leaving his kingdom in those critical times when several neighbouring states were watching their opportunity to snatch the crown of england from his head he therefore solicited and obtained leave from pope leo the ninth to compound for the remission of his vow on certain conditions one of these was that he should enlarge the benedictine monastery at westminster the work approached its close in the year 1065, and on Holy Innocence Day the Abbey Church was dedicated with great ceremony to the service of God, in honor of his blessed apostle, St. Peter. St. Edward had been declining in health for some time before, was unable to be present at this great ceremony. Queen Edith, therefore, represented her husband on the occasion. Our young Margaret, now nineteen years of age, was one of the ornaments of the court on that day within a few weeks she took part in the second pageant which that venerable abbey has witnessed within a few weeks she accompanied queen edith as the holy remains of st edward were carried to their last resting-place edgar the etheling was now by right king of england but he was no match for the rough and unscrupulous soldiers who coveted his crown harold son of the late godwin earl of kent and brother of queen edith at once laid claim to it on the pretence that it had been bequeathed to him by st edward william duke of normandy also made a similar claim 
on a similar pretense and soon after landing in england with an army in support of his pretensions he defeated and killed harold in the memorable battle of hastings and thus at one blow became master of the kingdom a faint but unavailing attempt was made to support the claims of edgar but it was soon abandoned as hopeless and the dark clouds of misfortune again gathered round the princess margaret and her family her brother finding nothing but humiliations in store for him if he remained in england prepared to return to hungary with his mother and his sister margaret christina it seems had by this time left her family to follow the life of a nun margaret then with her mother and brother sailed from england a few months after the battle of hastings intending again to claim the hospitality of the hungarian court providence however had very different designs for the refugees a storm overtook them on their short sea voyage they were blown out of their course into the frith of forth and scotland and found a harbour of refuge on the coast of fifeshire a good many miles from the mouth of the frith at a place which was afterwards called st margaret's bay or st margaret's hope a few years before this event the crown of scotland had been recovered by malcolm the third sovereign of the name called also keen moor or great head the tragical end of his father duncan has obtained a wide celebrity from the genius of our immortal shakespeare young malcolm fled from the usurper macbeth and found an honourable retreat in england with st edward who further assisted him with an army under the command of seward earl of northumberland the treacherous macbeth was killed in battle and the young king regained his rights the same year that margaret and her family were invited to come and reside in england he was living with his court at dunferland in fifeshire when news was brought to him that the royal english exiles were wrecked upon his coast and within a very few miles of his residence with characteristic generosity he made haste to repay the debt that he owed to st edward by conducting the refugees to dunfermline where he made them welcome to his best hospitality his goodness of heart was in no long time amply overpaid by his obtaining possession of the heart and the hand of the princess margaret then in the flower of her youth and beauty End of chapter two of saint margaret of scotland and of section two